1: The 31st edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high goes to Darty. Darty and the
0: double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good. Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber, front court. Carolina with
2: foul. He takes the timeout. Technical, out foul. Of timeout. Technical, foul. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive, gets it back out the head. Long outside shot. Short rebound. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions.
0: Matthews <laughs>
2: off the mark, and this year the confetti. It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. We've got a fairly loaded show. We will recap ACC tip-off, which happened yesterday for Carolina's men's basketball team. The women's is, of course, happening today. We will scene set late night, which will happen this upcoming Friday in the Smith Center. And before we get out of here, we will have some closing notes for you guys. But before we do all that, we start as we do every edition of the pod with the pod thought of the day. We go back to the uh, former Tar Heel head basketball coach, Hall of Fame coach and person, Dean Smith, who once said, I really believe any leader must do what he says. I think that's extremely important to do what you say. And uh, it's great, great thought to apply to your everyday life.
0: Yeah, you should start applying that to your everyday life.
1: I, I do about everything that I say that I'm going to do. I can't think of many instances in my life entirely. I've been on this earth for 25 years that I said I was going to do something and then did not do what I said I was going to do. I'm a great follow througher. I follow through with that well, thing. That's, that's not a word. It's So a word apparently now. apparently
0: I really hope that you didn't tell your family that you were going to do well in English class because apparently you didn't.
1: Um but that will be added to the dictionary like ain't got added to the dictionary follow througher, one word. <laughs>
0: You know how long it took Ain to get into the dictionary? It, it, That's a lot of work, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. That is gonna take you a little bit. It took a long time.
1: So there's your pod thought of the day. Really hope you guys have enjoyed this segment. It'll <laughs> be a part of every edition of the pods moving forward. As we get into the season, it will just be in the previews when we recap games. There will not be any pod thought of the day. It'll just be a strict. strict. It'll be
0: our thoughts of the game. Yeah.
1: It'll be our th- yeah. There we go. On the pod. Um as I mentioned earlier yesterday ACC tip off in Charlotte um the future home of the ACC headquarters once Jim Phillips continues to ruin the ACC and move them out of Greensboro can we make that can we make that a uh, a segment on the
0: show a sponsored possible segment as well uh the Jim Phillips soapbox of the episode
1: they're th- if there was a sponsor, I could find something every week to rip him about, because he—he's arguably the worst commissioner of all the Power Five commissioners, and that includes uh, the guy down in the Big Twelve, who also in the Pac Twelve guy, pretty bad. I don't even—he's know. No, he's pretty good. Yeah, he came from Vegas. He's done a pretty good job out there. Oh, dang. Um, but ACC tip off yesterday, um, was a you know pretty big deal. That kind of signifies that we're getting close to the start of the college basketball season. We are less than a month away from Carolina's opener November 9th against Loyola of Maryland. Um, Had a different feel because Roy Williams wasn't there. It was, of course, new head basketball coach of Carolina, Hubert Davis, who took along with him Armando Baycott and Caleb Love. They all three addressed the media. Um, They all three were on Radio Row um which was at the uh which was there in attendance our radio station that we work for sports uh radio FNZ was down there the show that I work on particularly oh. they were there they N- got it. nice job nailing the exact way that they want us to
0: promote yeah. the station to no longer can't,
1: WFNZ Can't no, can't FNZ. say that can't say 610 the fan either no yeah, we're sports, sports wearing, radio FNZ um we're and, fancy, and my guys, we, we got the we got the they got the chance to. I didn't get to say anything. They got the scoop, baby. They got the chance to talk to Hubert Davis and Caleb Love. We have all we have audio from all three of those guys, which we'll play here momentarily. Um, but just general thoughts it was it's, it's great to have this stuff back in person because of course last year due to the pandemic and all that kind of stuff these things didn't happen
0: no doubt no and doubt.
1: it's it's a signal we still we're still battling this virus we still got a long way to go mm-hmm. um but it just shows that we're getting back to normal um for and, sure and, and that's that's what's great um and, and they did it in a Healthy and, and and safe way to have everybody in that building, um, and, and get a chance to talk to all these these coaches, players, and stuff like that. Are you mad that it was not the
0: event that the football media days is?
1: Um, no, because I I know under Jim Phillips, it'll never he'll never put the emphasis it should be on with the basketball side of things, even though that's. What this conference is about, it'll never be a football first conference. Also, I mean, look in in all
0: fairness, it's never going to be the same level as football media days. You've because got a new
1: head coach at your most prestigious program in the conference. Doesn't uh, matter. The last season for your second most prestigious program in your conference, you've won three national titles in the last okay. six years. Let me finish the there's thought. There's nothing to. There's no. There's nothing to finish. It's it's idiotic. And Nobody cares about basketball media days. It's idiotic. Like, honestly. And it's, I, I mean, that's, the, it th- that's the unfortunate thing. That what your conference is known for and what your conference does best, ah, we're not going to give it the same media attention. On top of doing it in the city, you want to move your headquarters to. Well, here's the
0: thing. Most stations don't care about Basketball Media Day. It's, and, it doesn't draw the attention
1: that and football does. what the stations have learned after this football season is that this conference doesn't deserve the money spent to go to these events, to cover this event, to cover these teams and these players and these coaches because the performance on the football field, outside of when Clemson's been nationally relevant – doesn't replicate to what this conference is going to do on the basketball hard court. Well, they're going to be there even even
0: more in the next coming years because they think that the football conference is open. The reason why it doesn't get the coverage though is look at when football media days is. It's in the middle of literally nothing in in August. I like, don't care. Nothing happens. Basketball media days. It's in the middle of the, I mean, f- f- I mean middle of the baseball playoffs, middle of the NFL season, um, and also they just kind of, I mean, they just stash it on a Tuesday. Why is this not a Friday event? That really doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I believe that it should get a much better platform
1: because— That's a great question for Jim Phillips, who well, probably not, doesn't have time to answer. He's not going to answer that question. He's probably like some athletic facility just standing there. Trying to figure out how they can make the football program. No, lot he's better. too busy. He's too busy uh,
0: s- spending time with uh, Brian Kelly and the boys over at Notre Dame, trying to convince them for the thousandth time to what, come to the ACC. What,
1: what you, everyone needs to take out of this conversation is that I absolutely loathe Jim Phillips, and you absolutely loathe ACC football as it should be loathed. And it's going to be really hard to repair our already our relationship with Jim Phillips. Him and I are off to a rough start. Uh, something we, something we may, tells me we may have to go to counseling. Something to tells me right he's track. not that devastated about that. I don't think he is. On I, unfortunately, as I mentioned, no. though Hubert Davis, Mondo Baycott, and Caleb Love were all in attendance. I promise you guys, audio. We're going to start with Hubert Davis, who um, I had our guy from the job one. William Eugene Pelagic.
0: He's going to hate you for that. um,
1: Ask Hubert Davis um, about Carolina on the defensive end of the court. And, look, there's a lot of emphasis on what Carolina is changing offensively. And there should be because they're about to play a whole brand new style of offense um, under Hubert Davis. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And we're really excited to see that, but there's going to be changes in how Carolina plays defensively because you're changing the personnel. So you got to defend things a little bit differently. Um, so I asked, we had Hubert Davis asked um, what changes will happen in Carolina's defensive philosophy. It'll be two separate audio cuts, but this is his answer
2: yesterday at ACC Tip-Off. Especially the last couple of years, we just haven't been able to guard the basketball. And so we've made an emphasis on on everybody taking the challenge and, and, and taking the challenge to be able to guard your guy. Uh, one of the things that we always talk about is off-night mentality and that whoever you're playing, to make sure that he has an off-night. Um, one of the things this year defensively that I love, The versatility amongst everybody on our roster, you know, Caleb can guard bigs down low in the post and Armando can guard any perimeter player out on the perimeter. And so we can do that with Dawson Garcia and Justin McCoy, uh, Brady Manick. And so that versatility on the defensive end is going to be really huge for us. The other area that we're focusing on is uh, defending the three. You know, just over the years, teams have just been able to lace it from three. And so we've got to do a good job not only taking away the three, but also being in better position to be able to contest the three. And I think these guys have done an unbelievable job in the first two weeks of practice being able to make those two adjustments
1: I think one of the big things that we got to take away from that and this is something that even I I harped on the last couple years especially when we started the podcast Carolina has to defend the way they defend the three-point shot because the way that they were defending it under Roy Williams 15 years ago giving up three-pointers wasn't a bad thing because the the efficiency of the shot isn't where that shot is today. The volume of the shot isn't where it was today. Where Even if they took 10 or 15 threes and made five or six of them, it didn't didn't change the dynamic of the game. Well, now these teams are taking – but you play Notre Dame, they're going to take 25 to 30 of them, and they're going to make – You play Iowa, they're going to take 50. They're going to make 8 to 12 of them. Well, that that changes the whole complexity of the game because the last time I checked math – Three is a larger number than two. And when they're making a high volume Good of job. threes, Good job. it just changes everything. So be interested to see how Carolina changes that. Um, you know, a lot of what Carolina did under Roy Williams was they would help on a dribble drive, in the, especially if it was on the wings, giving up those corner three point shots. Well, math and analytics tell you that corner three is the most efficient three because it's the shortest three point shot of all the three point shots that you can take on a basketball court, Uh, but really, and I've said it really all summer long, I'm really excited to see what Carolina looks like defensively because I do feel like that was an area under Roy Williams, excuse me, where they could have been much better. And had they been an average defensive team, those teams that were second – Weekend tournament teams could have been Final Four teams, in my opinion. Don't. There's no factual evidence of that. That's just what I believe. What makes it even more believable that Carolina is going to be more committed on the defensive ends. That was echoed by Caleb Love uh, yesterday at ACC Media Tip Off.
2: Coach Davis has been on us uh, constantly every practice about our defense. Uh, every, every, everybody, honestly, whole coaching staff. Uh, no middle drives um just constantly close our hearts. Uh, so i mean he preaches it every day at practice so um he's instilling it uh into us now so um that when we get into a game it's second nature
1: i i mentioned a few weeks ago a video that the basketball account put out and it was uh a video of carolina going through a defensive drill and it started out with hubert davis saying we got to make sure every night they come into this building, it's an off night for them. Too many times teams have come into our building and had career nights or a player had a career game. And I know as Carolina fans, that's really frustrating. Like, remember when Cam Johnson as a Pitt Panther came into the Smith Center and scored 24 points on, I believe it was either six three-pointers or maybe all of his made field goals were three-pointers. And we're like, okay – Who is this guy and why is he going off? That's the kind of stuff where, with Hubert Davis, that bothered him. Like when when Malik Monk scored 48 against Carolina in Vegas, and he told the team he took he took the defensive end off on the court because he scored 48 on you, and, he, and y'all weren't bothered by that. I think the attitude's going to be different. I think, and it starts with your point guard because he calls the defense. Well, it's it's easy to call the defense, but if you don't execute the defense, well, watch the other four guys on the court follow your lead if you're the leader on the court. So really. You know, it was really cool to see what Caleb Love had to say about the being harped on in practice, the defensive end of the court. Not only did Caleb Love speak about it, Armando Bacon followed that up as well, saying that when Carolina isn't scoring the ball at the rate they want to score the ball, they still got to be bought in on the defensive end of the court.
2: Uh, yesterday he sent us a quote, and it was just talking about how uh, every day you can have effort and bring defense even on days where your shot might not be falling or anything like that, so we just come out and compete on the defense, and every day everything else will come and come in line. I'm gonna tell you what man if if Carolina can
1: be bought in defensively when they're when they're not scoring the ball, and I think you and I both believe they're gonna score the ball pretty efficiently and pretty effectively, there might be podcasts. Or I just do jumping jacks from pure excitement?
0: Ooh. Well, first of all, you
1: are exercise challenge. Would you rather me do jumping jacks or do the pod without a shirt? Hmm.
0: I'm thinking of your health here, but I would still rather you do jumping jacks. Okay. And have to drive you to the hospital. Uh, I mean, look, I, there's... There's no way around it. This team's got to be better defensively. I think especially the three-point shot. I mean, that's something that has killed Carolina um, for the longest time. But, I, I yeah, I, I definitely think that there's going to be a new approach, and it's something that's been sorely needed. That the the hedge defense, that that was not working towards the end under Roy Williams. It was very clear. But, you know, look, I mean, it it had worked for how many years with Roy Williams? It had worked when people had told him it wasn't going to work anymore and that he would need to adjust his system. And he still won a national championship while running that. But now it's, and you're right, you've got just about every team in the ACC has at least one or two guys on their team that can kill you from deep. You've got to be able to take that away. And in terms of being better on-ball defenders, that's something that we talked about a lot late last year um, it, it, with, with them you know, primarily the guards taking a big step forward with that this year. You know, guys like R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, who at times showed the want to, but really just weren't that good of they didn't stay in front of guys. And then if you can get even guys like Kerwin Walton to buy in on the defensive end and improve his uh, you know his play on the defensive side of the basketball because I mean look at last year it, he was out on the floor for
1: one reason and that was to knock down the outside shot to it, be fair if he shoots 47% from 3 like I predicted to do on the last podcast I think we're going to give him a break if he doesn't play defense at a high level
0: I mean yeah you would I mean look there's always going to be those types of guys that are going to be your offensive killers that aren't going to do as much on the defensive end as some of the other guys. And that's fine. Because, that was me in church ball. No, no, no. You were the guy that sat on the sidelines and wiped up people's sweat. I uh, dropped 30, 30 points on one leg. You may have dropped 30 points in your entire church ball career. No, it was definitely... And it was on two legs for sure. Uh, it was one leg. But anyways... There's See, the thing that, that'll happen is that you've got a guy like Kerwin who is who really does most of his work on the offensive end. He's balanced out by a guy like Anthony Harris who is probably not going to be that scorer for you but is going to give you a lot more on the defensive end, kind of be that spark off the bench at times. So that's kind of what you're looking for. But the fact that this seems to be something that Hubert Davis is really focusing on, to me is encouraging because I'm with you. I think you look at some of the veteran guys that you're bringing in as well and some of the guys that are returning. I think your, your scoring is going to naturally be up because I think there's just way too much talent to not score the basketball. The other thing is is if you can have a lockdown defense, that's going to take pressure off of you being able to score the basketball at a high rate because in the past couple of years, there have been plenty of games where your offense hasn't performed the way that you needed it to, but your defense hasn't really played well enough to win you the game either. So You need to find ways, especially with a group that has a lot of transfers, you have to find ways to be able to win some games on the defensive end of the floor, let that new offensive system sort of take form early on in the season. Because as we've talked about, Huber Davis came in and he basically took on the mindset of, look, I know it's my first year, that doesn't mean we're going to soften the schedule. I want to play a tough schedule this year as well, and they are right out of the gate, so they got to be prepared and ready to go.
1: Yeah, um, I think the most encouraging thing, and it's not saying that Carolina didn't have the defensive talent in the in the past because you've won three national championships, you got to have talent on that end of the court. But I look at what Carolina has in terms of the size; they got the size with the Baycott, a Dawson Garcia, Brady Man. They got the size mm-hmm. down low. You've got the versatility with the leaky black and a Justin McCoy that can guard multiple positions. And in today's basketball, you got to have that. And you look at that backcourt, you look at Caleb Love, you look at R.J. Davis, they have the want to to defend. But I think last year it was just – it wasn't a big focal point for the team because there were just so many different – so many moving parts with last year's team that you couldn't just focus on so many different areas. And I think this year Carolina's just got so many different ways to be – really good defensively. If they're not a top 25 efficient defense in terms of the Ken Palm rankings, I'm going to be fairly disappointed in this team. Now, granted, that might be inflated if they play a lot more possessions than other teams, and that also plays a lot into those analytics. But you could just tell last year they weren't bought in defensively. And the year before that, they weren't as bought in defensively. Why? Because Roy Williams told you in every post game. We're we we, we, you know, we didn't we don't, we're not bought in defensively enough. I don't think that's going to be a problem, but it'll be something to monitor, especially if they have a lot of offensive success. Do they lax on the defensive end? Well, the other the thing,
0: I don't think there's going to be, this is going to be a high-possession team.
1: I think... Ooh, I think they're going to run see, more I, than they see, ran. See, I
0: don't think they will. I think, because we haven't really heard a lot of that, I think we're going to see a lot of half-court but very, very pick-and-roll heavy.
1: That's what I think we're going to see. Can we adjust so, to not seeing them run? Like, if it's I mean, look, that, that they, they don't want to push the tempo. Uh, look,
0: it's not that they're never. I think it's going to be very similar to what we've seen the last couple of years, but I think it's going to be more efficient on the offensive end because there's going to be an effort to try to free guys up. I felt like, especially last year, it was a half-court offense where you were basically playing isolation basketball trying to free yourself up, and
1: that that did not work. Hey, but how many times with you and I hanging out watching games or via the phone watching the game at the same time, did I reiterate that if X, Y, or Z ran the floor then that well, push-ahead pass if, was there and you got an easy layup.
0: If the opportunity's there, you're not going to turn that down. But I don't think that this is a team—we've seen teams in the past The opportunity wasn't where, there last year because they didn't run the floor. Well, but there—what I'm saying is if there is a clear opportunity that you can have a three-on-two breakout or something like that, they—the—my thinking is that Hubert Davis is going to tell them, take the opportunity— but this is a team where in the past you could get the ball and look, even if they've got all five guys running back and where we're, we're going to be matched up, we will still try to run the floor and find a mismatch somewhere. Someone beats somebody, something like that. I don't think this team is going to be afraid to get in the half court and play with teams because of how much more pick and roll they're going to run than we've seen the last couple of years. I told you, I thought... A few years ago, there was... There there was a decent amount of pick and roll that was in the offense. For some reason, the last couple of years, it has not been there. There has been basically just isolation basketball, and I don't know why that disappeared out of the system. I don't know if that was the fact that the players were just not built to play that type of system or what. I feel like this is a team that's going to be able to be more efficient in the half court because you are going to see more pick and roll Um, you know, more pick and roll throughout the offense, you know, game in and game out. And I think that's part of the reason why they're not going to play at at its lightning fast speed. Now, I could be wrong. Now, look, they're going to have to prepare. I mean, it's very weird to think this. There is a legitimate chance that the game between Duke and Carolina later on this year could be a matchup of Carolina's slower half-court pick and roll offense against Dukes fast-paced offense. That doesn't even
1: seem like it's 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 a real thing. I don't want to live in a world <laughs> where that is if if Carolina doesn't run I may legitimately have an aneurysm.
0: Well, I'm telling you, if you think that this team is going to be like Ty Lawson, Era. I don't I don't think that, Carolina, because, that's not happening.
1: But I, if 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 I live in a world where We're not pushing the ball up the court, especially with positionless guys where the ball doesn't have to be in Caleb Love's hand to run your offense. There's going to need to be some some questions asked and answers given. Well,
0: but I think, look, there will be moments where they will do that, but the focus that we heard it mainly with Caleb Love, and I'm assuming that there are a lot of other guys that are hearing this too, it's you need to be more efficient this year. Don't catch the ball and take whatever shot is there. If if it's open, then yes, take the shot. And honestly, you need to be better at making it. Like Joel Berry said, you, you, take, you, you need to be able to make the shots. But if it's not there, don't try to create something that's not there. We saw way too many times last year, Caleb Love would take shots where he was guarded and would try to just create any sort of space to take shots. They don't want... I'm, Hubert is not going to want these guys rushing up floor and taking bad shots if it's not going to be as efficient. as He wants this team to be more efficient on the offensive end because the last two years, they have not been anywhere near as efficient as they need to be with the basketball.
1: I agree with that. Um, before we move on, there are no ACC preseason awards that we can <laughs> announce today on the podcast. That'll have to be the next edition of the pod because I assume they are waiting to conclude the women's portion of ACC tip-off to release all the preseason awards. So once we have that information, that will come out if there is a – even if there's not a Carolina uh, player selected, that will come out in both a blog and podcast format. So do make sure you get over to the website, www.heeltoughblog.com to read up on the awards. All right. Now we're going to move on and set the scene for late night. But before we do that, here is this week's ad from DraftKings Sportsbook. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last time a 0-0 tied the NFL was 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN for down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code BBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, guys. Really hope you have made your way over to DraftKings and are taking a great advantage of all these offers we are giving you. Last week, we gave you an offer uh, on the hockey side of things. We are back now. On the NFL side of things, this is going to be another busy week uh, in the National Football League with week six set to commence. So make sure you go over to DraftKings Sportsbook, make your bet, and earn money and prizes um, with, with the NFL. All right, let us set the scene for late night, Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Doors will officially open at 6 p.m. Yours truly, we will both be... In attendance for that, it'll be hosted, as we mentioned in a previous pod, by Brian B. Dat McLaughlin. He is the unofficial mascot of Carolina basketball. He was actually at Media Day yesterday. I saw saw that. Uh, I saw that. With his hat, too, man. With that hat. um, Walking around. He's really amped. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's safe to say that You know he works in radio and does a lot of different things. It'll definitely be a different vibe. It's it's going to be a lot different because it's basically
0: it's basically a fan hosting an event. Like I know we've had guys in the past, but like Jesse Holly played for the team. Like clearly, clearly, he's a fan. But like, yeah, this is going to be totally different. I think it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun, man.
1: That means I will submit my application. I imagine, to SID Steve Kirshner. You will be turned down quicker than you are
0: by most women that you approach.
1: That's pretty quick. So... But Um, sure, go for it, man. Go for it. Go um, for it. But just, it, I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're making it a priority because it is the first time this will be under Huber Davis. Different field in the setup. There will be a three-point shooting contest, which will be a lot of fun because Carolina is going to well shoot a lot of three-pointers. We do believe this season there there of course will be the women's team scrimmage that will um, precede the men's scrimmage. In years past, it was just a scrimmage. Um, This is still going to be a scrimmage. It'll be more like what happened back under Dean Smith when it was Midnight Madness, where it it didn't happen until officially midnight on October 15th. The teams will be split into evenly blue and white squads. Should be a lot of fun. Um, So with all that in mind, I'll let you go first. What are you most excited to see at late night? With HD. Well, I mean, there's there's a couple
0: of things. So from the scrimmage, I think for sure th- there's y- your big men are you're gonna be very interested about because I did you watch did you watch the video where he was asking Caleb and Armando about their starting fives? I haven't. It was there on yet. Carolina Blitz. So
1: Mondo, Mondo,
0: Mondo basically just kind of like jokes around, like he's like, I'm not putting Caleb in there because I'm going against Caleb or what. So Mondo, like he put Ryan McAdoo in his five or whatever. Caleb took it a little more seriously. And what I thought was interesting was, I mean, he had himself, RJ Davis, Kerwin Walton, Armando and Brady Manick. I wonder if that's a little telling. Is that the group that's been playing together the most? Is that the starting group? Cuz that's interesting because where where is Dawson Garcia? I really thought that Garcia would be the guy that would start. So let my one of the things I'm interested to see is is that a group that we get to see out there starting out? Is that is that your five that you see out there? And if so, is that basically a look at the guys as they stand right now on the depth chart?
1: Yeah, I, I think the easiest thing um, what are you most excited to see outside of? And look, Carolina's not going to put a whole lot of their actual offense out there because they don't want that on tape. This will be televised, and teams will be able to go yeah, and look this at This is that. the spring
0: game for you. This is extremely vanilla. This is a pickup game. Except guys. It's
1: just it's just so much better. Um, the transfers, because it's our first time. I mean, I've seen Brady Manic, but I've seen Brady Manic in. Crimson, I guess what you call the colors Oklahoma. Yeah, wear. They, yeah, crimson and cream. Um, That's what they call it. I've seen him in that. Uh, I, to be <laughs> brutally honest, I don't ever recall seeing Justin McCoy in, uh, in a no, Virginia he's, uniform. No, I'm I'm really
0: interested to see him because they, they there was a lot more talk about
1: him than I anticipated. He's going to be a quiet big piece on this team. Yeah, right? yeah, it, he, it, he's going to play start a pretty quiet. But by the time the ACC season starts around. Like his role, I think is going to be defined. And if Carolina is really, really successful, like I think they're going to be, he's going to be a big so, reason.
0: So, in terms of the forwards, I think this is legit. This is how it's going to stack up. I think you've got Mondo, who's a clear starter. You've got Manic and Garcia, who are probably battling for that starting role. The other one will be a significant bench piece. And then it's McCoy. Like this dude's going to play. A, he's going to play a big role. You're right. And the fact that we heard as much as we did about him. I'm I'm in I'm interested to see what he brings to the table because he did not play a lot at Virginia. You can look at the statistics that he was not a big piece of what they did, and I mean that's going to happen. But Carolina clearly looks at him. Hubert Davis looks at him as a guy that fits what Carolina wants to do better than the fit that he was at Virginia. So I'm um, that was the other thing when I was w- with the scrimmage that I was really interested. To see, and I mean, of course, the other, like, I am interested to see Dontre Styles and, and DeMarco Dunn. I feel like they've kind of been forgotten about. We've talked so much about the transfers and the guys that are returning. There are two freshmen that are coming in, and with Styles, I mean, again, the depth down low is not the greatest. It's not where it's been in but, the past, so but, he may have to play a little
1: bit but early. But Carolina's on. overall roster depth, remember when Huber Davis got hired? Yeah. Oh. Oh. For sure. For um, sure. Everybody, including myself, was panicking about the lack of depth on the roster. You, look you panicking? The, Never. You looked at the roster today, and while Like you think they're thin up front because you've got Mondo, Manic, and, Dar- and Garcia. Okay. So I.
0: So but they're, there's they're thin at the
1: five for sure. Can we agree on that? But if there's a there's going to be a scenario where there's only going to be one five on the court, right? Then it's not as thin because well, you've got two fives on the bench.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think you'll probably see Garcia playing some five. I think that yes, that will be a situation. You'll see them all five at the. So five. then what what ends up happening is that you're more than likely going to see some, some it, the other spots open up a little bit on you're the floor. You're going to you're see going a to lot of three guards, a
1: forward, and a center. A lot of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do think you'll see there if he can prove himself. I think Styles is another guy to look at on the wing because he's six seven. He's got a thinner frame than some forwards, so he's a guy that you could see at the three or the four. So that's a guy I, I, that, I'm telling you, he's a guy that I'm 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 going to keep an eye on because I want to see where they're playing him and how if he's somebody that we we need to watch to potentially play a bigger role than we maybe thought. I think. I mean, clearly your transfers are going to going to have a major impact for you, um, and they're going to they're they're going to be the guys that are going to come off the bench most often if they're not starting. But I think I think Styles is is going to get a little bit of run here
1: this season. Yeah, um, I, I think both freshmen will. I think they'll have a role. Don't know how what the role is going to be. Duns Duns will be lesser. I think unless he comes out like Kerwin
0: and and, and really and, and, and huh Lesser is not a word. It's more or less. Uh his role will be more or less. That doesn't make any sense. It'd be le- That's why his role go,
1: will be less. It'd be less, less of a role. So lesser, you got you got to rework the whole sentence.
0: Okay. Well, if we're gonna add a word to the dictionary on this, are you uh, adding podcast, lesser to the dictionary? Lesser would definitely be in there. But I don't think it's gonna be a major role for him. Just because I mean, look at the backcourt depth. You've got Caleb, R.J., Anthony Harris. Kerwin can play at the two if they need him to. Uh, I, I mean, I definitely think that, it, it, I mean, he'll have a chance if he comes out and impresses. But I, I think that there is a little bit more room for him to grow as opposed to having to throw him out there on the court. Where with Styles, I mean, they're an injury away from having to ha- have him play a big role. So that that's where they have to have him probably play more
1: often then done out of the gate. Yeah. Um, So... There's a lot to be having your eyes on if you're making it the, the way into Chapel Hill in the Smith Center. If not, I do believe it's going to be televised or streamed on ACC Network Extra, ESPN three, ESPN plus, um, one of those platforms. So one you, of them you got to pay for, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Um, so if you can't make it, uh, you can you can watch it on there. There is no official word from the from Roy Williams if he's going to be in attendance for this event. I know personally I'd like to see Roy Williams there, but I do understand that if this is an event where he takes a back seat to let Hubert Davis have his moment because it is his program. So there you go. We will have a recap podcast the night of uh, late night. So make sure to check. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, It'll come out, well, late at night because we're going to be there late at night. Um, So now we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up with other UNC notes. Uh, My boy, former Tar Heel, national champion, Final Four most outstanding player, Joel Berry, and K.J. Smith, they have both signed deals to join the ACC network. K.J.'s actually been on TV
0: already. He was there during ACC media days doing some breakdowns and stuff. He... He is going to be really good. He is exactly like well, his dad. That's, man. He
1: doesn't have an excuse. Wow. He can't. He can doesn't have an excuse to be not good. You have to be good.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be. I can't wait to see him and Noah Eagle calling games here in a couple years. <laughs> uh, that's going to be great.
1: Because yeah, Kenny Smith is fantastic on NBA T on TNT <laughs> with their previews and recap shows. He doesn't make the show like Chuck and Charles make the show with their bickering. He brings the analysis they don't. But his analysis is don't. great. <laughs> um, and there was a reason why he was a legitimate candidate for NBA jobs a few years ago because he knows the game. Yep. Um, and K.J. Smith also, you can tell on TV, he knows the game. He shows up prepared. Um, he does a very good job, and he'll be a, a – Great to have him. Same and, thing with Joel, by the way. Yeah, I think Joel's yeah, going to do yeah, Joel great as well. Yeah, does a good job too. Yeah, I think Joel's going to do um, great as and well. And now we'll be extra doubling the effort to get both of those guys here on the podcast to talk to us about the Tar Heels. Yeah, I'm working on that. Um... Some recruiting news, 2022 recruit Jalen Washington. He will unfortunately miss his entire senior season following a second knee injury. Um, just something we need to monitor. Of course, we went through the issues, or the, not the issues. We had Sterling Manley, who kind of went through the exact same thing and was never able to fully recover and, and become the type of player we thought he could have been. As of right now, everything on Jalen Washington's side should be a full recovery, and they don't project any long-term issues with his knees moving forward. When we talked to you guys the last time, we told you that Cam Whitmore was – Making his decision, as we told you in that podcast, he did choose Villanova over Carolina, which was kind of everyone's belief and thought process. Once Carolina landed Tyler Nickel, so we wish him the best of luck. Um, unless we meet him in the NCAA tournament, um, another recruiting new uh, nugget. Carolina did host five-star pros- prospect Simeon Wilcher over the weekend. No commitment. No announcement about a potential commitment because his recruitment is pretty uh, involved and it will be ongoing. So it will be something to monitor as uh, Hubert Davis tries to bring in another five-star prospect. Another thing that happened over the weekend was 2020 members of Carolina basketball, Shea Rush, Brandon Robinson, and Robbie O'Han did get to walk across the stage. Carolina did hold good. their That's commencement good. ceremony for that uh, graduating class, which, of course, got canceled due to covid The keynote speaker was, of course, Roy Williams, who was there to see his guys walk across the stage and receive their diplomas. Of course, B-Rob back involved with the program. He is a grad assistant for Hubert Davis. um, And the other two guys, they're well on well into their walks of life since leaving Carolina. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We'll let you go. Could you guys to the website, Peeltuffblog.com, where I mentioned following the announcement of ACC preseason awards. There will be an article up about that. That will kind of be the official kickoff start to our preseason look at Carolina basketball um, on the blog side of things where we'll be having – Position previews with the front court and the back court, the more in depth courts. We'll do that on the podcast here as well. Um, and we'll be starting to get you ready for the college basketball season, which is less than a month away. Football side of things, um, despite Carolina not holding up their end of the bargain, we're holding up our end of the bargain with previews, recaps, trench reports, and stock reports. Carolina's coming off a disappointing loss to Florida State. This week, they got Miami, who's like Florida State and like Carolina, is having a disappointing season, looking for a win to kind of turn their thing around. We'll have a preview up on the site. Recap, I'll have a trench report, and Anthony will have a stock report as we continue to cover Carolina on the gridiron. On the podcast side of things, you can find us on every major podcasting network. We're on Megaphone now, but iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, tune in, Google Podcasts, give us a like, give us a review. We are getting closer to the start of the basketball season, which means more pods will be starting to happen. We of course we'll have the late night recap. We've got a fun bullet predictions podcast, which I think we're gonna do next week. I gave you a bold prediction on the recruiting podcast mm-hmm. just on the spot. I've got an even bolder prediction that I think a lot of you guys will really enjoy and will probably have me um, getting roasted by the middle of yeah, February. You are going to be eating so much crow. It's going to be unbelievable. Get that Chick-fil-A sauce, baby. My um, God. We'll be having guests No, you on. don't
0: get Chick-fil-A No, no, oh, no, no. Yeah. no. You got to eat it straight no, out, dude. No, you got to eat that see, we, straight we, we, out.
1: We dip our crow. Yeah. Um, that's what she said. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be having <laughs> guests on. Um, Isaac Shea, Jones Angel, Adam Lucas, all the normal guests that we usually have on during the basketball season, we will be having them on soon to get you ready for the upcoming basketball season. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.